0: This is possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial
1: at shopify.com/free22. shopify.com/free22. Guys, welcome back to the podcast. Um, I have another guest with me. I have Coach uh, Chris Arthur's. Um, I never met Coach, but again, I've said it every day. uh, Social media is a great thing or a bad thing, and uh, I choose it to use it to meet people. And this is the new normal of meeting people. Um, And I've probably walked by Coach at some point in life. Uh, I'm not too far away from the school. He's I live down the street from the school he coaches at. (laughs) Um, so at some point, we we'll probably cross paths at some point. Um, so, Coach, if you want to introduce yourself, I think I've grown to like 15 listeners now. <laughs> so if you can go ahead and introduce yourself.
2: <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, Steve, thanks for having me on. Um, I'm Coach Chris Arthurs. I'm the defensive coordinator at Naperville North High School. Um, going into my third season at Naperville North or hopefully season to be, um, this is my 10th year of teaching and coaching, uh, before Naperville April North, I was, uh, I was teaching and coaching in uh, Wheat Warrenville South High School as their defensive line coach and co-defensive coordinator for seven years. Um, was fortunate, blessed to play college football at SIU, so in Illinois, go dogs! and, uh, played high school football at Wheat
1: Warrenville South.
2: So that's kind of my background and, uh- uh, My best best friend growing up went to Southern.
1: Uh, I think we're younger. We might be younger than you. He just graduated a few years ago. So I visited down there a lot. I like it down there. Uh, It's a nice school. It's, you know, it's a nice place to visit. I was down there a lot. Uh, People I don't know, there's a thing called Polar Bear, and I'll leave it at that. That's kind of what we showed up for.
0: And Solar (laughs) Bear,
1: but that one killed me. That's a good event. Yes, it is. We can leave it at that. We don't need to go to store that's an off air topic. We can <laughs> <laughs> But no, that's a nice that's a nice stadium they got down there. It's a good football program. I loved it. Uh except I went to EIU, so when they played Southern, I had to root for EIU. Uh I think we only won one time when Jimmy G with the quarterback. <laughs> yeah,
2: we Yeah, we played them
1: twice in the
2: playoffs. They weren't the same conference as us, oddly. Um, but we played them twice in the playoffs. We beat them both, fortunately. Um, yeah, I never got to experience the uh, new stadium. My senior class actually graduated um, the last year of the old stadium. So we kind of we felt like we kind of paved the way for the new facilities, and a lot of people had to do with that. Uh, Coach Kill, who was at SIU, then Northern, then University of Minnesota, Um, I believe he's currently working with the Virginia tech football program. Um, he was at Rutgers, you know, he's a legend. He's an unbelievable coach. And, uh, coach Lennon came in middle of my time there and played for him for two years and, um, came from a very successful program in North Dakota, who's actually now they were division two. Now they're actually going to be, I think they're actually in the Missouri Valley conference this year. Um, but that's where he was from, and then he came to us and took over the
1: program, and, yeah, we were yeah, very
2: fortunate to have a lot of success. That was a school I was there. looking
1: at going to, too, so it's a shame. I went to Eastern instead, but it's all right. Um, that's a, I loved it down there. My friend still lives down there. He lives in Marion. Um, he works for the hospital yeah. down there. Uh, so it's a nice place. I like visiting down there. It's a good time. Uh okay. Again, stories for later. We don't tell stories. I know how Carbondale works. We don't need to talk <laughs> any more about that. Um, yep, yep. Um, it was all about football. Down so for every <laughs> time I talked to a coach, I was asked the same first question. Um, I'm always curious how people get into coaching. Um, you know, was it from playing days? Was it from any coaches you had? Because this is a profession that makes us get gray hairs or we lose our hair or – with what's going on right now with COVID, we're all losing our minds a little bit. And I don't know, trying to get these kids back on the field. So how did you get into this profession? All right, guys. So if you're listening and it comes in and out, we had some technical difficulties. So I was just asking coach how he got into coaching because this is a tough profession. It's a rewarding profession, but it's, it's also very tough. So I was just asking coach how he got into it.
2: Yeah, um, great question. So my uh it all kind of started with my father. He uh he coached me and all four of my brothers in Little League football going all the way back and then uh he um was a defensive line coach at Wheat South for seventeen, eighteen years. I'm the oldest of four boys, so he's coached all four of us while we were attending Wheat Warrenville South and uh that's kind of how it all started where we had we had a great relationship on the field. I always say that uh I think he might have been harder on me than anybody else, but you know it, it really helped me. It was, it's a bond that we have. And that's kind of where it all started. And I remember I was a junior in high school and it was that time where they're like, you know, you're meeting with your counselors and they're trying to, you know, put you in the right direction for colleges. And what are you thinking about for a career? And I remember sitting there and I was like, you know, I think it'd be awesome to be a teacher and a coach. And just from there, it just kind of it became something I've always wanted to do. Always had a passion for Worked for the uh, kinesiology department when I was down at Southern Illinois for four years. I'm a physical education teacher. Worked with some of their professors. Did a lot of volunteer work at the schools down there. Loved working with those kids um, while I was playing, you know, because they are like, oh, the big college football players coming. Um, So that was really cool. And then just this is actually my 10th year teaching and coaching. And I've, I've loved it every day. I've been very fortunate, very blessed with the opportunities I've had from a lot of different people. And, um, you know, I've always felt that it's my job to carry on and help pass that down to younger kids and younger coaches as I meet them. I have started to realize that I'm not the youngest guy on the block anymore. So I've been fortunate to, you know, hopefully pass that information and pass down knowledge and success, you know, knowledge to other coaches. So that's, uh, yeah, that's what I love. That's why I do what I do and why I love what I do.
1: Yeah, that's a good answer. Every coach, every person I've asked has a different answer. So I love how it's always different every single time. Um, so I live right down the street from Naperville North. Um, so I know where coaches teaching at and I'm coaching at. Um, so how did COVID affect you guys? Because Illinois, all the same, but each school district handled it a little different. So how did COVID affect what you guys do? Because you guys are a powerhouse over there. So how did it affect what you guys did during the summer and up till now?
2: Yeah, um, great question, and uh, I'm sure that's different for anybody else, too. Um, I'm actually the boys' head track and field coach as well, and, you know, we were in the middle of our track season getting ready to go uh, to a big meet, and that's kind of when this all started. And, you know, the lockdown went, and schools were shut down, and, you know, we met as a coaching staff with our head coach, Sean Drendel, and we kept talking, you know, like, we need to get these kids active and keep them invested in the football program and athletics some way. And we actually spent a lot of time over the spring via Zoom with our players, um, alternating days between offense and defense. And we actually would have the kids, our strength and, perform, our strength and conditioning coaches, Kevin Minajis and Jason Mokrowski. We would actually hold like virtual practices where kids were doing drill work that we had for videos um, and then workouts that we were doing with them virtually on their own on their own devices. And it really kind of it's just carried over from starting then to May, I think we started right around May through June um, when, you know, the IHSA started to let uh, athletes come back to school and participate in workouts to, you know, the medium level practices right around July and these contact days now. And so, you know, we've always said that we're going to follow the book and listen exactly and do exactly what we need to do and we're allowed to do, but we want to do it the best we possibly can for our kids. I've it's been incredible. You know, it's been a team effort between our head coach, our athletic director, Bob Quinn has been awesome at keeping us up to date and, you know, helping us understand what protocols we need to enact and how we need to take care of our players and our staff and make sure everybody's safe and healthy. And I I I'm very proud of how hard our coaches have worked to and our kids. Our kids have been awesome. I mean, they've been at workouts. Um, like I said, back in spring we had I think at one point we had between 120 and 130 kids on zoom calls, doing football drills in their backyard or their basement and doing workouts at home led by our strength coaches. And, uh, you know, we've, we've worked really hard to continue to give our kids strong opportunities to continue to learn the game, continue to, you know, take care of themselves physically, hopefully can, you know, get a little bit of that wellness. So athletically, that's what we've been doing and, um, it's been good to this point. We're we're lucky, and we're you know, we're going to keep working. And we got those contact days continuing. Um, I know a lot of our kids are doing multiple sports, so you know sometimes our guys are at school for those contact days for different sports five days a week, which is great that they get to you know continue to have that experience in that part of their daily routine where they're seeing their teammates and their groups and practicing different sports and competing against each other in practice um, with whatever, you know, their sport allows them to do. And so, yeah, we've worked, we've worked really hard and it's been a, it's been a great team effort. Um, you know, it's, it's been good. It's been difficult, but we, it's been an awesome team effort from our administration all the way down to our coaches and our kids. It's been great.
1: Yeah. Cause, uh, to put it nicely, no always been a dumpster fire, I guess you could call it that as of late, but, uh, yeah, it's been tough. Um, so, I also think: Were you guys supposed to travel this year? Were you guys going out of state somewhere this year?
2: Uh, we were. We were actually. We were actually supposed to play Centerville, Ohio, week three. Um, you know, last year we played at Perry Maslin, Ohio, and this year we were scheduled to play Centerville, Ohio. So that was a team we had matched up on our schedule for week three.
1: So, what's it like to be yeah, a high school team to travel that far to go play somebody? Uh, you know, I know like Phillips up here in Chicago, they were on ESPN playing teams because um, Naperville North is a powerhouse. Like well, I'm, a, from, I'm from central Illinois and we all knew about Naperville North way back when, and we'd Warrenville South. We knew all about them. So what's it like to travel like that with a high school team?
2: Uh, it's pretty cool. We, you know, we left, we played on a Saturday
1: or no, I'm sorry. We played on a, uh,
2: the prior Saturday. I can't remember. I, I just remember it was, it was cool. Cause We left at 5 a.m. and we got back at 5 a.m. the next day and it was like we pulled back into school and it was, oh, we just played a football game and we came back from it. um, On the way, we were able to stop at Canton, Ohio and stop at the NFL Hall of Fame and have lunch there. Um, The school that we played against, Perry Maslin, they were top-notch hosts, top-notch football program. Um, You know, Maslin, Ohio is what some call the birthplace of high school football. That's where Paul Bear Bryant's from. So, football to them is it's, it's, it's real. And uh, you know, it was really cool getting that experience for our kids. The hall of fame was something hopefully they'll never forget. Um, We actually had a good fan base come down, which is really cool to see great parent support. So it was, it was a team effort. It was a, a long day, but at the end of the day, it was, you know, another football game that we got to wake up and play and come back the next day.
1: Yeah. I've been there. We went there in high school for a team trip. That's a cool place to go uh, in Canton, Ohio. Uh, loved it. Um, so have you always been a defensive guy? I know you said you played D-line and played that in college. So have you always been drawn to defense, especially when you start coaching? Like I'm a defensive guy. Like that's what I know. It's what I do.
2: Yeah. Um, I've always been a D-line. I was a D-line coach. At Wheaton Warrenville South, my time there, and then when I became the defensive coordinator at Naval North, I've been coaching linebackers for three years. Um, I think that the defensive side of the ball is, you know, it's that tone setter for your team. Um, defense, as we know it nowadays, can seem very complex, and it can be very complex. And We try to keep it simple for our kids. We've really gotten it to the point where we try to keep things as simple as possible. We want kids to play as fast as possible. And um, know their assignments, know their techniques. Um, you know, it's been a three year process to kind of build where we started to where we are right now. And, you know, we, were, we are excited for whatever, whenever football comes back to us, we're really excited for what we have coming back. We have a lot of starters coming back of our front six, and, you know, we've got some experience coming back on our defensive side of the football. Um, you know, and we've had, the, you, you can see it, you know, in these contact days. The kids are flying around, playing hard, having fun. And um, always been a defensive guy. Um, I always do say I think I'd be a great offensive coordinator though, because I think D coordinators could be good offensive coordinators because they're the way they are, patience, um, play calling is a skill, and I don't know. I think it'd be interesting to call offensive play someday um, with some guidance from some good assistant coaches, maybe. (laughs) But yeah, I think uh, I've always been drawn to defense. I think that you know your defense is it's true. I mean, you look at it all levels of football, you know, offense wins games, defense wins championships. And you need a defense that, you know, I might not, you, I always talk to our head coach. It's, you know, it's hard to win a football game and there's usually four or five plays that define how a football game goes, whether you're a winner or a loser. And, you know, you look at it and four of those five plays could be on the defensive side of the ball. And one could be on the offensive side, you know, regardless of the score. So, um, those opportunities, it's it's fun to teach the kids and see those opportunities when they happen. You know, it can be difficult when, you know, you give up a long touchdown or a long touchdown run, but you got to keep grinding, and keep churning, and working hard. And you know, the adjustment part, the chess match of it is is obviously a great part of the of the game and the play calling. And you know, it's just it's it's fun to coach kids to play defense in a sport that's meant to be about scoring points nowadays and to have that aspect of we're trying to stop you no matter what you do, no matter what you come out in, we're going to try and stop you. And we're going to, we're going to go at it all everything we can. So yeah, I'm a defensive guy. I think I'll probably stick on that side of the ball for a while, but yeah, it's, it's,
1: it's good. Yeah. I was always wanting to be an offensive guy. Then I coached at Charleston high school down there by Eastern and the head coach said, You're going to be JV defense. You're going to be a defensive person. You're going to learn it. And from doing that, I went back to the offensive side. And I was like, I understand defense more because I coach defense. <laughs> so I was like, So I figured, like, for you, if you ever go to offense, you're going to be great because you're like, I know exactly what the defense is doing, why they line up the way they do, or what it looks like. I can never coach defense, though. I'm going to say that right now. I stay up at night figuring out how to stop people. <laughs>
0: I was in losing I've
1: lost now because oh. I was a assistant defensive guy too for the varsity and I I lost sleep I wasn't calling the defense I was just helping out and I lost sleep over it
2: yeah there's definitely some moments in games where you're pulling your hair out trying to make the right play call the right you know the right blitz the right coverage and you know you just it's it all comes down to fundamentals at that point that's what I think I've realized after this time that and when the times get tough, it's all about the fundamentals and running the football. And you know, hopefully, something good comes out. And you know, you live to fight another play.
1: Yeah. Um, so I think you messaged me before or put it on social media. So you guys run a four-two-five, I think. Um, yes. Now, did you have to did you have to install that when you got over to Naperville North? And if you did, what's the levels of installing that? Because the school I'm at now, the head coach, he's installing the same defense. So I'm seeing what he's doing. Um, So what's it like to install a defense from the ground up, basically?
2: Uh, Great question. Um, So I I actually got hired very late in the process at Naperville. And, um, you know, it was like late July when I officially got hired there. So we were very close to starting a season when the official hire took place for me at Naperville. And um, it's definitely been a building process. You know, they were a little bit of a 3-4 hybrid type defense the year before I got there. Um, They had been a 4-2-5 in the past. They've been a 4-4 defense. They've done several things. Coach Drendel was um, the defensive coordinator during Coach McEwen, Coach Larry McEwen's tenure there, which Coach McEwen was there for a very long time and had huge success. And Coach Drendel was his his defensive coordinator, then took over. And Coach has kind of bounced around uh, between the offense and the defense throughout the years. And I know he's done an awesome job on the defensive side of football. Um, So – you know, we kind of started with – we when I got there late, they already had something in place, and we just – we ran with it. And as the season went, we started to build in and kind of morph into what I knew I wanted us to be. And then at the end of that first season, you know, we sat down and we said, this is who we're going to be, this is what we're going to do. You know, we turned into a 4 2 high team where we're playing you know, more cover two, more cover four, um, you know, four, de- four defensive linemen. Um, we run – you know, a little bit of a three-four thirty package at times, for some uh, pressures and blitzes, and you know maybe we'll get more into that the next couple of years, the next year or so. Um, so you know, it really starts with knowing who you want to be and what you want to do, and then teaching you know your staff that, and teaching your players that, and you know your young kids. And you know what we've what I've been able to see, and this has been very cool, was you know these the kids that are juniors right now they kind of heard the terms that we've been that were created that first year and now at the varsity level you're seeing that same terminology echo throughout the, the different levels of the program and you know my mentality has always been by the time you're a varsity football player you're really honing in to figuring out you know your x's and o's and your fundamentals are in place and you're really trying to hone in on coaching kids to be great football players and that comes, you know, our lower level coaches, John Fiore, John Afki, they've done an awesome job working with me. And, you know, they've, they've got tons of experience under their belt. And so we've worked really hard together to create a system that we think is six can have success for a lot of kids and help everybody be successful um, and build that from the freshman all the way up to the varsity. So it's been a process. It's been a lot of work. Um, You know, I, a lot of research, a lot of studying, Um, But, yeah, I think it starts with, you know, what do you want to do and who do you want to be on the defensive side of the football? You know, we say we're going to be great tacklers. We take a lot of pride in studying tackling and learning tackling and, you know, um, activist tackling systems, a system that we looked at this offseason as, you know, a modification to what we did because we felt that we weren't doing something great last year and we wanted to, you know, look at how can we do this better
0: And so we
2: found the Atavis tackling system and we love where we're at right now with our tackling you know, we haven't gotten to hit anybody, but we love, you know, the technique we're teaching our kids from freshman year all the way to senior. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really about knowing who you want to be and who you are and what you believe in on the defensive side of the ball and having great people to work with that can help you guide you, work with you. And who are also on the same page with you. I think that's critical.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Our head coach, he is installing the 4-2-5, and we just started yesterday, so he's going to be as simple as he possibly can, rebuilding a program from offense and defensive side. So uh, I get to see how he's going to install. I'm an offensive guy, though, so I don't pay attention that much, but I watch a little bit. Um, <laughs> so what drew you to a 425 2 I'm seeing a lot of teams as of late run more of a 3-3 or a 3-5. That's kind of what teams are going to the more spread teams they see. So what kind of made you say, we're going to run the 4 two, 5 this is what we're going to do?
2: Well, we like playing the 4-2-5 because we think that with our two high safeties, we can get, you know, eight or nine in the box, any play we want. Um, we like that from a run standpoint, you know, play great defense. You got to be able to stop the run and, you know, a quarters-based defense allows you to get eight or nine guys in the box almost every play, um, um, you know, the corner play, it eliminates – we think that it, it makes a harder throw for the quarter the, – the, 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 more, the more vulnerable you are to a, a deep play, it's a harder throw. Um, so, you know, we give up, you know, the sideline up the field, you know, making the quarterback throw the deep ball to the sideline is – it's a tough throw and not a lot of high school quarterbacks can do it. So, you know, from a safety – from a back-end standpoint, we think that we do a great job with our safeties of getting them involved in our run fits – um, and it forces QBs to, you know, the big plays that they can hit. It's a play that is difficult for a lot of QBs to make. Um, it, you know, working our way up. Again, we like we like what we have in the run, to stop the run with eight or nine guys in the box with our quarters defense. Um, you know, we play with four D linemen, two ends, a tackle, and a nose. And uh, we we think that you know our Mike linebacker is one of our highlighted players in our defense, and it gives him the opportunity to be the guy in the leadership. And we talk all the time when we're in a room with those uh, linebackers that, you know, you got to be the quarterback, you got to be the leader of the defense. And so this defense gives those guys that opportunity to be the guy. And um, I've been fortunate to coach two really good ones my first two year two years and got two really good ones coming back this year. So, yeah, that's it. that's the draw that we have from it. And, you know, hoping to see some success from it this year.
1: Um, so when you go research it in the summer or try to find out more about it, like, is there any particular coaches or teams you're like, I'm going to go watch them. I'm going to go talk to them. Like, what influence does maybe you research more about it or learn more?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Cody Alexander, he's a he's a pretty famous Twitter author mm-hmm. right now. Um, he's got several books out, Match Quarters the art of acts. Um, he's got a four series on the quarters defense. And, you know, I was, a, I played in a two high system, my entire playing career. Um, we played from a three, four and also a four, three, but the two high has always been something that we played. Um, you know, I was, I had to learn a little bit more about the secondary, but we were very successful with it. And I like what he does with it. I think that it matches well, both against the spread and against Um, You know, heavier personnel sets like 21, 12, you know, 20, two back, you know, two tight ends, one, you know, two backs, whatever it throws at you, I think that it can match up well. And I think you heard me say it earlier, you know, defense, it's all about gaps and numbers. If you've got your gaps and you've got your numbers in place, um, you should be hat for hat with an offense. And I think that's, that's critical nowadays is being hat for hat. And, you know, that's something we take a lot of pride in putting our guys in spots where they're hat for hat with the offense in the gaps in the numbers and this defense allows that to happen. And yeah, so that coach Alexander, uh, Cody Alexander in Texas has been awesome. Um, yes, man, I, I'm, I'm a Twitter freak. I love Twitter. I love, you know, just, I feel like I'm always looking for another guy to look at and see his stuff. Um, USA football has great resources on a ton of quarter stuff. Um, I'd say Cody Alexander was kind of the influential where I knew what I wanted to be and I needed to see how somebody did it in a way that I thought fit today's football. And he does, and his content's awesome. And it was easy to follow. And, you know, it's kind of spiraled from there. And actually he, he actually is, was high school teammates with a quarterback that played at Southern Illinois who he graduated the year after me, but he was like a legend there. He won three conference titles. Incredible. You know, he's, I think he's now, on the Chamber of Commerce or something for the city, but he was Mr. Carbondale for three years, awesome guy. And we started talking. He's like, oh, yeah, do you know Joel Samberski? I was like, oh, of course. And they were high school teammates. So we've had several, uh, you know, we stay in contact and we talk a lot of ball. And uh, he's definitely been someone who's influenced me.
1: Yeah, I have two of his books on my bookshelf right across the desk here. (laughs) Because I got to learn defense too. So I was like, it's right over there. Right when you said that, uh, all of his stuff, it's really good. Um so with your four two five, is there anything unique that you do with it? I, this question I want to ask you, I should have how to ask, it. is there anything unique you do that maybe some people don't do or to fit your kids? Is there something unique maybe four two five teams don't do traditionally, or is it pretty basic?
2: Um, I'd say, you know, I'd say we're unique in that we want to stay as simple as possible and really coach our guys up on technique. And, you know, we think that if we're, if we can use great technique, I think that that's something, I think that that's something that's unique about us. We're heavy technique driven coaches and data driven coaches. And that's something that we've been doing for several years. And we've gotten really good at is we use for our, the way we coach our kids, we use data and it's something that You know, we love doing, I love doing, I'm a numbers guy. I love watching film and cutting up film and breaking down film. And there's so many great programs out there now where the more data you put in, the more you can really figure out what can work. And if you can take that approach to figure out what's going to be happening to you, you know, teaching that and the techniques that work and keeping your X's and O's pretty basic, pretty simple, allows your kids to play fast. Um, That's kind of where I consider us unique in that, we're heavy technique-driven coaches. Um, you know, I mentioned the tackling. You know, we teach a lot of technique. And we do play a little 3-4. That's a 30 package that uh, actually was created when I was at Wheat Warnville South we put in. Um, we had a lot of success with it my last couple of years there. We used it several big games. Uh, we played Providence in the quarterfinals the year they won the state title um, with Miles Boykin and some other – very. they were a very good team, but we had a lot of success with that defense. Um, so we, we've we've used that a lot more. We play a lot more man coverage out of that look. I think this year we're going to build in a little bit more zone concept into it. Um, I it's it's a really nice system that gets your guys active and you know moving. So, you know, I think that it's a shock sometimes when offense sees this, you know, pretty bland play gap, run to the football type 4-2-5 four, four, defense, two high safety, and all of a sudden you've got this slicing and dicing and active front and active rushers um it can cause problems for teams and you know we've got some simple calls that allow our guys to do multiple things from different locations in that three four and uh it's 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 a good it's good stuff so yeah
1: yeah uh, i'm the same on offense i keep it stupid simple i don't really care what it looks like as long as we do our job i think it's all good um So what kind of offense do you hate to see as a defensive coordinator? Uh, Like (laughs) a defense that keeps you up more at night, I guess, or like that day of like, oh my gosh, we have to play this team. Or they do this, they do that. Uh, Like what gives you the most headache?
2: You know what? Interestingly enough, you know, they talk all, all the time nowadays about on defense, it's all about defending the spread. Well, last year, Nine Out of nine games, you know, we, we had a 2-7 and seven record last year. But out of nine games, every team we played had a tight end and two backs on the field for at least one series, one or two series. So, you know, the, the thought – and I'm seeing it more in the NFL too nowadays. It's tight ends, it's wings, it's offset H's. Um, that stuff can create problems with the gaps in the numbers that I was talking about earlier. So um, defending that can be difficult in the run game and the pass game. Um, so I'd say, you know, anytime you see, you know, a couple of those big eighties running on the field with a uh, back in the QB under center, I think you're looking at a lot of different sets that the offense can run and different formations and, you know, you split that wing out. And now he's a, uh, he's in the trip set. And, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that offenses can do when you have two tight ends that can block run routes and do a lot of different things from those spots.
1: Yeah, a lot of people always tell me it's the wing T because everybody's prepared for the spread. So they're always <laughs> like, I hate to see the wing tee because
2: – We only saw that once. Actually, when we went to Perry Maslin, that's what they ran, and they were extremely good at it, very, very, very good at it. Um, so that was uh, that was definitely difficult to defend, but we only seen it once, you know. So,
1: Well, that's what a lot of – that's why people on offense say they're going back to the wing tee kind of because – if, like, the DVC, like, or the offense or conference you guys are in, it's all spread, but run the ball. Same thing with the conference I was in last year. Only one team ran the wing T, but it gave you a headache.
2: Yeah, it, uh, I mean, you know, you look at counter tray and QB tray and those different, you know, jet sweep motions and different things that teams can run, misdirection plays from one back in the backfield from 20 personnel. It, it really is. I mean, instead of the QB in our center and two backs on the outside of the tackles, now those backs are next to your QB five yards off the ball and they can do a lot of the same stuff from there. And I think that, you know, there's more, I think offenses nowadays realize that your QB has got to be your best athlete. And when your QB's your best athlete, that gaps in numbers game becomes even more difficult to defend. Um, so I think that those are – yeah, that's that's definitely a very difficult set. When you got a good QB, you can run the ball with, you know, a lot of different misdirection plays. Those can be difficult as well.
1: Yeah, I think you're going to see teams go more towards, like, an Auburn offense to have those wing-tee philosophies but still be able to be a spread team. And I think that's going to be difficult to stop right away because you guys got to get used to it. I've seen a lot of high school teams in Illinois start to do that. They're starting to run pistol stuff and do that misdirection, and they're going back to that buck sweep stuff from way back when we all played in high school. Like They're going back to all that stuff.
2: It's funny Uh, how football works its way back around sometimes.
1: Yeah, because it it adapted to the spread, up-tempo, then you see the air-rate concepts come in. Now you're starting to see, hey, let's go back to running the ball because they're not ready for it. They're thinking this, this, or that, and Uh, but no, we're going back to that, uh, tied at HVAC stuff I'm the run game coordinator. And I was like, all right, we're going to get this in and we're going to pound the ball. (laughs) We're going to run the ball. Um, so now we're going to get, we're still talking football, but off football. So what college team do you root for? Do you root for your Southern Illinois team? Or is there another big time team that you root for on Saturdays?
2: Um, I am a huge Michigan fan, uh, go blue, big Michigan fan. Um, I think that might change a little bit. My youngest brother is actually a freshman at Northwestern university playing uh, football in their program with coach Fitzgerald. So I might have to trade in my amazing blue for some purple and white the next four years, um, which is fine with me. I'm excited to watch him. He's going to do awesome there and he's a part of a great program. It's going to be a lot of fun to get to watch him, um, play there for the next four years. So, I'm a big Michigan fan, but for the next four years, I'm going to be a big Wildcat fan as well. And then actually my wife, uh, she worked for the football program at Iowa as an athletic trainer for four years. So she's a Golden black huge fan, too. And we both keep saying that we're going to have to trade our colors in for purple and uh, purple and white the next four years.
1: Well, no offense to you guys. I grew up right by the University of Illinois, so I have to root for them. I grew up 25 minutes from campus. So I have to root for Lovey Smith and the Beard. <laughs> Hometown. Well, yeah, and the, the the beard's gone now, so who knows how they're gonna be. <laughs> uh, and that was my next thing. Like, how, what's your opinion on this Big Ten? We're not gonna play, but now we are gonna play. Like, I don't get it. Oh. I don't know what the thinking process. Like, I know what the thinking process was, but I saw an analogy. Someone said they try to play hide and seek and get everybody to follow them nobody did besides the Pac-12. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean,
1: I don't know. I, I, I really don't have an answer for that.
2: Um, I'm excited for them to be playing football. You know, I do know that, you know, college football, there's a lot of money invested in those programs and um, college football. And you, you think that those – that they're going to have those resources to keep their athletes, their coaches – um, any staff involved with the sports safe. And I think that maybe they figure that out now that they didn't know before and they're learning more. I don't know. Um, I'm excited that they're going to get to play again. And, you know, just like the rest of the football that's been taking place around the country um, at all levels, you know, you assume that they're operating that they can keep people safe and healthy. And if that can be done, then, you know, good for them. You know, it's excited that they get that opportunity.
1: Yeah. I was frustrated with it, but I was like, you know what, they're back. It's fine. Uh, you know, they're talking about them. Is the Big Ten going to be allowed to be in the playoff, only playing eight games? Is the rest of the teams going to wait? But they're going to try. They're going to try to play the right games and get into, the, like, Ohio State or Michigan, try to get in the playoffs. Uh, but we'll see. Um, so who do you root for the NFL?
2: Oh, Bears. Go Bears. Go Bears, baby. Two and all. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a diehard Bears fan my whole life. Absolutely. Cleo Mack, Mack attack and Robert Quinn coming off the edge. And, um, yeah, they're two and oh, and we'll take it any day of the year. There's a lot of other teams that aren't two and oh, so we'll take it.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm a big Bears fan. And I, uh, we could talk about that here for a second. So we should, I don't even think we should be, we should be one and one. We should have lost to the lions. Uh, What's the opinion on the big Trubisky, at quarterback? <laughs> um, I,
2: I mean, the guy's 2-0. and oh. I mean, what else can you ask for him? Um, I'm sure that maybe he's got some things he needs to keep polishing and working on. But, you know, Coach Nagy's also, what is this, his third year as a head football coach in the NFL? Like, those yeah. guys are still young. They're learning. I mean, so I think that there's going to – hopefully you see continued growth and – I know they got a big game against the Falcons this week. That'll be a nice first, you know, solid test. But it's hard to win football games. I mean, at at any level, it's hard to win football games. And when you can squeak one out in the NFL, you got to take it, and you just got to keep working to get better. And a win's a win, and Club Dub's always fun. And I'm sure they love doing that. And, you know, hopefully it keeps getting better, and they keep winning. That's all you can ask for.
1: Well, I've worn my – Mac jersey both games and they've won so maybe I need to wear it every Sunday for them to win I had it on the first one they won I was like okay I'll wear it again and they won again yes
2: yes same same thing Khalil (laughs) Mac. uh
1: I'm very uh Trubitsky I don't know like I hate talking about them because they know more than I do and I just look at his mechanics and what he's doing I'm like oh my goodness he doesn't have good mechanics but he's winning so it's kind of like a Tim Tebow thing like he wins so you got to take him and that first game I called for Nick Foles at halftime I was like put Nick Foles in I'm done watching this
2: uh, it's been it's been interesting it's like he played better in the second half week one obviously they you know we had an incredible fourth quarter and he came out on fire last week in the first half and then kind of sputtered it's like hopefully he can find that point and just play a complete game and Hopefully their running game keeps getting better. I think their run game's done been awesome this year. It's been so much better than last year as far as what I've seen. Um, and, I mean, defensively, they've got pro bowlers at all three levels. So, you know, hopefully that can keep them in games too and they can keep learning and getting better. And, yeah, 2-0, we'll take it.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the defense, they got mad about the first game. They showed up the second game. I think they're going to get back to what they were doing. Uh because they have some young guys too. They had to, we've had they had to play some of their backs, their cornerbacks and stuff. Um, yes. And the offense went back to what they used to do: was let's get a bunch of tight ends, run the ball, play action, get Trubisky to run a little bit. That's what when we went twelve and going twelve and four was the worst thing that could have happened. I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> that was the worst thing that could have happened. Because then last year we all thought this, this, and that, and then we had the season that we had. Yeah. Hence and. No and Nagy's on the hot seat. They're talking about him being on the hot seat. I said, it's only year three, though.
2: Yeah, the yeah. NFL, not for long. That's what it stands for, right? You know, they, a lot of, a lot of investment, a lot of money in those guys to win football games, but hopefully they keep getting better.
1: I think they will, but I was that guy in that first game calling for Nick Foles, even though we should have signed Cam Newton, but that's a whole, whole another day. Whole other <laughs> thing we could have got, but. Uh, but I, I called for Nick Foles, even though I don't think he's the answer, but I was like, get him in there. I'm tired of watching Trubisky, and then he plays like Brent Favre, throwing passes I've never seen him make before. Yeah. Uh, I, like you said, if he could do that for three, even three and a half quarters, I'll take it because you got that defense that's going to carry you for a little bit. Um. See, guys, we get off topic. I told you it was going to happen. I'm gonna get off topic. I'm gonna to think about something. Uh, well, coach, I've gone through all my questions. All so I got for you. Um, I usually leave the last minute for you guys to say anything you want, any message, anything that you guys want to say.
2: Oh uh, yeah, um, Steve. Thanks for having me. Um, this was fun. First podcast I've ever done, so really enjoyed it. Enjoyed the questions. Um, just want to say thanks, and um, it was good. Good. Thanks for having me.
1: No, I appreciate you. Uh, if I can do this podcast stuff, podcast stuff, anybody could do it. I'm stupid simple. So anybody can do it if I can do it. Um, hmm. So thanks again for coming on. Uh, guys out there, stay safe. Hopefully Illinois gets a football season, whether it's in the fall or in the spring. We'll find out. Um, so guys out there, thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.